And you may all be seated. want to welcome you all to First Baptist Bolingbrook. I'm the lead teaching pastor here, Pastor Vaughn. Um, I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Um, thank you for, um, I want to say thank you to Dr. Dan for filling in, bringing the word to us last week. It afforded me to take a one-week leave of absence, and so that was nice. And I am I'm back. Um, <laughs> that was a vacation. Um, there was a little a little mistake in our, our, our prayer email that I think kind of freaked some people out. But I, I came back anyway. Unless you don't want me here, then we can have that discussion. But it was good to uh, I did get some rest, um, just some much needed rest. I did a lot of sleeping, did some reading and things of that nature. So I feel refreshed to come back to you this week, and it's a joy to see. Uh, faces in the building, and also see uh, those of you who are logged in on YouTube and Facebook. You know, there was one day where a trucker driving down the road, and uh, he sees this biker gang just come out of nowhere. They surround his his 18-wheeler truck and, and almost cause him to lose control. And understandably, this trucker, as he's driving along, he's, he's got to make his point on a delivery. He's getting a little agitated. He's losing his cool. And he, he yells out of his window. He honks his horn. And he, he may have had some hand gestures of some sort to, to explain his displeasure and what this, this biker gang was doing. They were just out, apparently just... That was their enjoyment, their excitement for the day was to freak out this man in the 18-wheeler. A few hours later, he pulls into a restaurant for dinner. He's going in just to, to grab a bite to eat before he gets back onto the road. And lo and behold, he sees the same biker gang come into this restaurant. He doesn't want any trouble. So he keeps to himself. He's looking down. He's trying to eat and enjoy his meal. But uh, after a, a few uh, minutes or so, one of the bikers recognize him. They say, hey, you're the guy that was in this trailer, in this tractor trailer. You're not so tough outside of your tractor trailer now, are you? Now that we're here, why don't you say some of those things that you said to us on the road? Why don't you show us some of those hand gestures you showed us on the road? And the trucker, trucker just looks and he's just trying to keep his cool and keeps his head down. He doesn't want any trouble. So he actually gets up and he, he pays for his meal and, and walks out. And so the bikers, they're having a, a good time with this, uh, about this agitation that they have caused this man, this, this trucker, and how about how it was so bad that they, he made them leave, they made him leave. They're high-fiving one another, just joking about it, how much of a, uh, a wimp he is just by walking away. And, and one of the bikers turns to the waitress and says, yeah, that guy, he's not so tough outside of his trailer, is he? And the waitress just looks at them and says, well, he's obviously not that good of a driver either because he just ran over six motorcycles on his way out of here. Wrath is something, isn't it? Revenge. I heard some chuckles out there like that's what they get right for bullying this guy and he goes and and we would say he's justified in that right to go and to run over his motorcycles that is what vengeance and wrath is for us we all know what it's like to feel 
wrong. We know uh, what it's like to be bullied and made fun of. Even more seriously, many of you experience uh, broken problems or abandonment and abuse. And it's because that we know what it's like to be wrong that we, we tend to love these type of revenge stories because it resonates with us. We can put ourselves or see ourselves in that position. We have this intrinsic sense of justice because we're made in the image of God. God who is the one who is just, the one who provides justice. So why is this a sin? We're we're going through our series, Living Wisely in a Foolish World. In a part of that series, we're going through seven signs of sin. And one of those signs is wrath. So if we're made in the image of God, who is just, who enacts justice, why is it a sin for us to want to see that same justice? It should be okay for us to want to see justice served, right? That, should, that seems like it, it would be okay for us. But the reality is that uh, God is the judge and he is the one and only judge. He and he alone is responsible for bringing about justice and we should attempt to take his place. That's where the harm comes in. We want to enact the justice that we think needs to be served as opposed to letting our holy, righteous, sovereign God take care of that. Brothers and sisters, when you hold grudges, when you seek revenge, you show ultimately that you don't trust that God is willing and able to deal with the injustice in your life or the injustice in this world. Let me say that again. When you hold grudges, when you seek revenge, what you are showing is that you don't trust God to do what he said he's going to do, and that is to deal with the injustice in your life and then deal with the justice in the world. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 24. Well, we'll get into this. Um, as we go through the Proverbs, we constantly see fear of the Lord, fear the Lord, and that's the beginning of wisdom. Here he's going to tell us about what wrath looks like. Proverbs 24, starting at verse 17. Here God's word reads, Don't gloat when your enemy falls, and don't let your heart rejoice when he stumbles. Or the Lord will see, be displeased, and turn his wrath away from him. Don't be agitated by evildoers, and don't envy the wicked. For the evil have no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out, my son. Fear the Lord as well as the king, and don't associate with rebels. For destruction will come suddenly from them who knows what distress these two can bring. What we're learning from the book of Proverbs and elsewhere throughout Scripture is that being wrathful or vengeful bitter, angry, quick-tempered, or unforgiving, this puts us on the path to foolishness. Proverbs 14 and 29 says, A patient person shows great understanding, but a quick-tempered one promotes foolishness. 
Maybe you've never keyed anyone's car or took a baseball bat to their mail mailbox, but uh, there are, are many other ways to exhibit our wrath on others. Some people use the silent treatment. Oh, they did this to me. I'm not going to talk to them anymore. They're dead to me. These are the ones that say, if you don't know what I did wrong, I'm not going to tell you. You should know better. You know what you did. Some people lash out at their spouses when they let things fester and maybe even look elsewhere for their affection and intimacy that they desire. Some people wish that uh, people that wrong them would get, get sick or even die. I've, I've seen on Facebook, well, it'll serve you right if you get COVID. Wow. That's dangerous. Maybe they'll get well, maybe they won't. But just wishing a sickness or an illness on somebody, we have to rethink where that is coming from. And I've had to catch myself when this, myself, I mean, I'm driving on 55 or wherever, you see people weaving in and out of traffic, like, man, yeah, they just need one accident. They won't do that anymore. I have to repent of those things. To wish someone ill that they get hurt or maimed, that they get theirs, that's not my job. But it, all, it doesn't always have to be about violence. It can be simply by saying snide remarks or gossip or other things. Uh, in Proverbs 17, for example, it says, Whoever conceals uh, an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Have we seen this happen? When, when we start to gossip about one another or something is going on in, in our lives and then the other person hears, hears about it, they, that separates. People try to get even by constantly bringing up things that happened in the past and they re- refuse to offer forgiveness or let it go. This is causes them to blow up and say things that they just, they just don't mean. Proverbs 17 and 27 goes on to say, the one who has knowledge restrains his words and the one who keeps his cool, keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. This might be easier said than done and I'm not saying that we ought to suppress our feelings of hurt. I'm not saying that we should stuff it down and act like it didn't happen. No, that's not what I'm intending to convey. It absolutely needs to be dealt with. Sometimes we have to get it off our chest and and talk it out. My wife has helped me to understand this, that sometimes talking about things makes things feel better because I would just stuff it down and cause myself a migraine. By keeping a cool head, you know that in most relationships, the other person, they're not being malicious. They're not trying to hurt you directly most times. They don't in, intend to hurt you, but in fact, they, they may even not, not, not even realize what it is they have done or said that affects you. And so the simple fact of, of going to that person and say, hey, when you said, or, or when you did, it, it made me feel this way, or I, I thought you meant this, and, and it really hurt me. Eight times out of 10, that person will say, I, I had no idea. I'm sorry. Hopefully. There are those who say, so what? You hurt me. That's what you get. I hurt you. 
you hurt me. Then I hurt you. Then you hurt me. And we're on this continuous cycle. But if we hold these things in, bitterness builds and it grows. It festers. It takes root. Proverbs 20 and 22 says, Don't say I will avenge this evil. Wait on the Lord and he will rescue you. We need to continue to remind ourselves of this, that we serve a God that loves us and cares for us and, and is, he has promised to, to take care of his people. We can't let bitterness take root and control us. We constantly need to remind ourselves that God is totally and completely in control. He is sovereign and he will rescue you. At the same time, it's not as if we're using God as our attack dog either. So somebody wrongs us, he's like, hey, wait till God gets a hold of you. God's going to get you. You're going to regret that because my God, he's going to take care of you. Watch. That's not it either. The reason that we forgive, Christ followers, Christians, the reason we forgive is because of the example of Christ forgiving us. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, For you were called to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who justifies who judges justly. This is our example that we should strive to be like. And I, hey, I'm here to tell you it's hard. I know it's hard. Especially when your flesh gets in front of everything, it gets in front of your mind, and you just want to tell somebody off after they've done something. Jesus tells us that we ought to love our enemy and pray for those who persecute us. The world will tell us opposite. The world tells us they, they deserve double what they did to you, but that's not what the Bible says. He tells us that to turn the other cheek and go the extra mile. And it's not like Jesus is unsympathetic to this. Jesus knows what it's like having put on uh, flesh and lived on this earth and walked among his people. He knows and understands what this like. He knows what it means to be wronged. He carried his cross. He got punched in the face. He got whipped. He got mocked. Luke 23 and 34 while, while Jesus is gone and he's um, been, been given up to uh, the Roman soldiers and he's going through all of this stuff, without retaliating, they have put him on the cross and, and I would be thinking about how much it hurts, how I don't deserve this, how wrong they are, but not Jesus. Jesus is thinking about those people that are in front of them, people in the crowd, the people that are responsible for him hanging on the cross. And he says this, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 
man, I, I, I wish and I hope that I could have even a semblance of this, this courage to be able to have this type of forgiveness so for people that have wronged me, for far less, by the way. The little things that we encounter on a day-to-day basis is nothing like Jesus encountering on his way to the cross and on the cross. Nothing. It pales in comparison. But this is our example as we say that we follow Christ. Jesus ultimately trusted in the justice of his Father. The world would have us believe that we show weakness by not retaliating, but the reality is it shows much greater strength when we don't retaliate. And if you've been in the position, you know what I mean. You have to hold back your flesh, and it's like a tug of war. You're just on the verge of saying what you really got to say without retaliating. In a previous job I was at, I was leaving that job and going to another. Uh, On my last day at that job, I got called into a meeting in a conference room thought it was strange. I'm, you know, I'm just wrapping up things because it's my last day, and I don't, I don't know what they want of me in this conference uh, meeting. And so uh, during the meeting, they're talking about some things that need to be done for a client, and um, the guy that's running the meeting turns to me and says, Vaughn, and, and we need you to do X, Y, Z. And I don't care if this is your last day. You're, you need to get this done, and you need to stay as long as you need to stay until we get it done, And because you're the only one that can do it, and we need it done. So I don't care what else you got going on. Get it off your calendar. And, and while he's talking to me, I'm, it, it felt like I was in the movie Taxi Driver. If you remember when Robert De Niro was like, are you talking to me? Are you, are you talking? To, there's nobody else here. You must be talking to me. I was completely floored. Like, I don't, this guy was newer. He had a, you know, a VP or something or other. But, like, why is he talking to me like that? And I felt my chest get warm, and I started breathing more heavily. And I, I was about to blow up. I knew it. And then, I, then I, I just quickly said, Lord, help me. Just in my head. And then I felt this this calm and uh, then I smiled and I said yeah whatever you need me to do I'll do it I'll I'll do this this and this is there anything else you need me to do before I go today and he stopped in his tracks and just kind of looked at me sideways like "Mm, no and I'm not saying that to brag because it had nothing to do with me. Had I had it my way, I would have told that guy off and walked out of the conference room, walked out of the building. This is my last day. I don't owe you anything. But by the grace of God, he held my tongue. And it was a weird sensation to, to, to feel this happening right before my eyes. And I, I, I thank God just because of being able to, that he came and dealt with that for me, because again, it had nothing to do with me. Here's another example of what forgiveness looks like. In 2005, in Benton Harbor, Michigan, a, a man named Jamil McGee was coming out of a grocery store. He was going to the grocery store to, to stock up on some items. His daughter was coming to visit him, and he was excited for her to come getting a few extra things from the grocery store. As he's walking out, bags in hand, 
he gets stopped by a police officer that not only accused him, but arrested him for dealing drugs. And he knew, he's like, I, I'm not a drug dealer. I don't know what's going on. This, he's, he's obviously mistaken. But the officer, Andrew Collins, didn't want to hear it. He was sure that Jamil fit the description of the suspect that he was looking for. And so Officer Collins uh, takes him in and arrests him, puts him in jail. Soon after, one of uh, Officer Collins, one of the colleagues in the precinct came and said, hey, I think you got the wrong guy. The, the guy that you were looking for is actually over here. So he was told by somebody in the precinct that he had the wrong person. But Officer Collins was determined to make his arrest stick. And so what he did was write a supplemental report and he falsified the encounter that took place at the grocery store. And it's because of these false reports that McGee was sent to prison and he was in constant anger. He was consistently thinking about the wrong that had been done to him and he's plotting his revenge. He, wa he wanted to inflict harm on Officer Collins and said, if I ever see this guy again, if I get out of prison, I'm going to kill him because he's ruined my life. I can not see my daughter in here. Whatever else he was doing had been uh, halted because of this prison, prison sentence. But over time, McGee realized that he couldn't continue to live in this constant state of rage. And he just so happened to one day pick up the Bible. As he's reading through the Bible, he, he reads this verse in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, where it says, Listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of this vast number, this is the key. For the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. When McGee read this scripture, it, 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 it pierced his heart. And he realized that he was angry and vengeful. Even though he was wrong, the scripture was telling him that the, this battle was not his, but it was God's. This was not only the starting point of him knowing God, but it was the starting point uh, of him letting go of all the wrath and the vengeance that he felt. And while all this was going on, Andrew Collins' world was getting turned upside down. McGee's case wasn't the only case where he uh, falsified evidence and became a regular practice of his. And he found that if, uh, the more arrests he had, the more convictions he had, it just kind of skyrocketed him. It, it was great for his career. He got promotion after promotion. But on February 19th of 2008, Collins' captain called him to the office and let him know he would be taken off the narcotics unit and that his office would be searched. And in his office under the, under the desk, he had this lockbox of money and crack cocaine that he was going to use to plant evidence on any further cases. So during the investigation, Collins, he admits to everything that he had done and all his previous conventions were overturned. 
So in January of 2009, McGee was released from prison while Collins was going in. A couple years after Collins was released, he ended up working at a faith-based coffee shop in Michigan. Collins only served about a year and a half in prison before he was let out. And he went to this faith-based uh, coffee house uh, called Mosaic, and they offered some job placement for people who had trouble finding employment. And this is where McGee and Collins crossed paths again. Initially, when McGee saw Collins, he, he had this wrath and this vengeance uh, swell up in him again. He's like, that's the guy that ruined my life. That's the guy I plotted to kill. So they now are working in the same establishment. So this is a, some combustible elements that are taking place. But what happens next is they, they deal with what, had, what was going on. They aired out everything and addressed what had taken place. Collins immediately and earnestly and repeatedly apologized. Apologized for falsifying the reports, ruining his life, and taking him to jail. McGee, after hearing this and seeing the earnestness in his voice, said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I needed to hear the remorse. I needed to hear that you were sorry and that you have turned a new leaf. McGee, having been forgiven, he just breaks down in tears because he knows that this forgiveness is not owed to him. He knows that he didn't deserve it. And McGee contends that he didn't forgive for his own sake. And he didn't even forgive him for Collins' sake so that Collins would feel better. He says that he forgave because he was forgiven. That the God that he served had forgiven him that Jesus Christ himself had gave up his life not only for him but also for Collins as well McGee and Collins became close friends after this and began to do speaking engagements and talking about the importance of forgiveness and redemption it's a great story isn't it it's not heartwarming to hear something like this, or a real life story. We, we tend to love to hear these types of stories or something in it that is inspiring. But brothers and sisters, this could be your story too. Each of you have an opportunity to express this type of forgiveness. Why? Because you've been forgiven. Which one of you are harboring bitterness in your heart today? Who has wronged you that you need to offer forgiveness? I'm sure as I'm talking here this morning, there's been a person or some people to pop into your head that has wronged you. What do you do with that? 
brothers and sisters, let go of your grudges. Forgive those who have hurt you. Pray for those who have wronged you. Do good to your enemy. In order to do this, though, you have to remind yourself of the gospel and remember what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And it says, and, and he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. It just might be this type of mercy that leads to the salvation of someone else. Because they see the gospel playing out through your own life, they get to encounter just a piece of, of Christ and what he did for them on their behalf. What would it look like if we were to imagine this? What would it look like if Christians actually loved their enemies? If uh, Christians really lived like Christ and forgave one another and actually expressed this love and compassion? What would the world look like? What would our country look like? What would your family look like if you actually lived and believed what it is that we read in Scripture? I'll leave you with this. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. I'm not saying it's easy. But I'm saying it's possible because of what Christ has done for you. Would you all close your eyes and bow your heads as we close this morning? I want you to really think about the people in your life. I want the, 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 the person that's been coming up in your mind, the people that have been coming up in your mind, I would ask that you earnestly pray for them right now. And at the same time, ask that God would give you the strength to forgive whatever they've done. To give you the strength to go to them and, and clear the air. Let them know that you have forgiven them just as Christ has forgiven you. Let's ask the Lord that when we have been offended, that he would, uh, the Holy Spirit would come in front of us and, 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 and pull our, our flesh back and, and hold our tongues so that people might see more of Christ in our lives. the family member that we have chosen not to speak with. The person that used to be our best friend that we no longer speak to. 
nor maybe even a coworker that got the job that you wanted. Won't you pray for them? Won't you pray that God would help you to exhibit the love and compassion that Christ exhibits? Father in heaven, what a, a sobering thing to think about this morning. As we look in our own lives and look at, at how we have, are living it, Father, we need your um, strength. We need your comfort. Help us to really understand the, the ultimate sacrifice you paid for us and help us to Extend that to those in our lives, the, our family members, our friends, our, our co-workers, uh, the people we might even know, the people that we have in our, our Facebook friends list. Help us to e exhibit patience, kindness, peace, love. And not for our own sakes. Not even for theirs, but because of who you are. Uh, thank you for these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Won't you all stand with us as we continue our worship? This